and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for today or tomorrow or Wednesday or Friday or Saturday or just whatever, because after all, it's your podcast. Now, we spoke a little while ago to Tony about Fire in the Library, but we never spoke about kind of what set it off, <laughs> which was a bit of an event in the local forest. So, um... It's kind of like, this is what you would call a kind of a quick start on the kickstart, because tonight, manning the fire towers, I've got Gwen Ruel, I've got a Mr. Samuel Bryant, and they're from Runaway Parade, and they're here to talk about their very suddenly successful fire tower game on Kickstarter, so hello to you both. Hey. Hi there, thanks for having us. That's okay. It's, um... Yeah, I've been looking forward to this because I am very, very interested to... I've got a whole list of questions, as you can see from the show notes that I sent over. I didn't send any show notes. but um, <laughs> <laughs> And that's them um, panicking for a second going, show notes, we didn't get the attitude. <laughs> that is we what happened. <laughs> if we go to question number 17C, because we're never going to do these in order. But anyway, it's a delight to have you on. You are in... Pretty much bang, slap bang in the um, like the middle of your of your campaign, which is currently, it was sitting at almost a thousand backers, almost a thousand backers now, and you are like funded just ridiculously. I'm surprised you've got any stretch goals um, left at all. But um, <laughs> thank you very very much for coming on. Um, for anyone who's listening to us for the first time, thank you for joining us. Um, we appreciate everybody who comes along on this non-magical, non-wizardy type journey. The reason that we do this is because, quite simply, there's, you know, there's just not enough podcasts out there about board games. Um, the search goes on, the search continues. We've um, <laughs> still not found anybody. But the other reason that we do this is because, um, well, you know, Gwen emailed us a little while ago, and we do get quite a few emails. And um, I looked over the email and I was kind of taken aback by the kind of the artwork that kind of struck me um, that you had on the game. And it reminded me of the, well, just the general, do you know what it reminded me? And I think I said this to you at the time. I think it reminded me an awful lot of the kind of the game Firewatch in terms of, I don't know, just something kind of rang true, but... um, what we're going to do is we're going to find out a little bit about yourselves, first of all. So, but I mean, first of all, I mean, what's I mean, what's kind of like the mood like like in camp at the moment? You must be delighted with what's going on so far. No, yeah, no, we're totally thrilled and really grateful to everyone who has helped us get to this point. Um, yeah, um, it's been a pretty crazy ride the, the last couple of weeks. Just I don't know. First of all, just having the game funded and knowing we're going to produce it. And now being able to send it to so many more people, especially people all over the world as well. So yeah, it's been a really uh, thrilling few weeks. What about yourself, Gwen? How are you? Are you still kind of getting over it? <laughs> is, is, is every day kind I of mean, like Christmas a bit? I guess it it really is. I um the when we first clicked the launch button, as soon as we clicked it, the you know the um, the number started going up, and I think Sam and I just froze. We didn't know what to do, and we, we had all these plans, you know, all these things that we were, you know, going to post in different places and all this stuff, but as soon as we clicked it, there were people backing the project, 
and I, I, we couldn't do anything. I couldn't even send an email for the first 45 minutes because I couldn't believe what was happening. So, um, having that happen was amazing. And the feeling hasn't really gone away. Like I, I feel incredibly unproductive because of just not really being able to contain myself about what's been going on. So yeah, we're very, very happy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, our motor skills degraded pretty quickly. We, yeah. could, we could barely speak to each other. It was like weird little truncated syllables, like, ah, oh, Gwen, what, what, uh. <laughs> You're just reaching over and shutting each other's mouths just to stop, yeah. the, stop the drool from coming out. I mean, was it? I mean, were you both sat around the same computer at the same time, or were you kind of both at work? We at were the two time? feet apart. He was on his laptop and I was on my desktop computer, but yeah, at the. Just the click of refresh is basically the only sound. The, the steady drum of the refresh click. Did you think that um, the other person had maybe played a horrendous trick on you? Oh, God. We do have theories that it's just one person that's like a really sympathetic friend who just keeps... Making new emails new and personalities and, and writing us messages asking about the rules. He set up like 977 Kickstarter kind of accounts so they could back Yeah. <laughs> Basically, and it's like you gotta ask them, um, um, you know, oh, um, are you coming out? You know, we're gonna go and get something to eat, and it's like, no, I can't. Uh, why not? It's like, cause I'm, I'm forty-seven thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All we're right. just waiting for that to happen. <laughs> I mean, um, one thing we always like to find out is we like to have a little, um, a little kind of find out and look see about how you guys kind of got involved in the hobby in the first place. So we, we like to look out back at the kind of the the kind of smoking, smouldering ember of the past before we um, look at the spark of the present and then the horrific carbon dioxide devastation of the future. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't yeah. know where I was going with that. <laughs> uh, I mean... I... I think it's my childhood dream to become a game designer and I remember you know I I came up with some horrific games when I was really little one that my family always tells me about was called pigtails and ponytails and that's enough for me to know I don't actually want to know how it works we want to <laughs> know we want to know we want a full deconstruction was there shoelaces involved I, I think it was just handing people either uh, it was like pin the tail on the donkey but without blindfolds or <laughs> entertainment but <laughs> it was a made, bridge game yeah exactly i made everybody play with me all the time at three years old and i haven't stopped designing games since but when you know and sam i think it would say a similar story maybe not with pigtails and ponytails but uh when when we realized that this was sort of going on with Kickstarter and the board game revolution that has been happening, I mean, it's been so unbelievable. And that there's actually a point of entry for people to design a game and get it out into the world. We were overjoyed, so. So what, I mean, what kind of games were you playing then, kind of growing up? Did you start with the usual with the usual stuff um, and then progress into kind of like the, the newer kind of version? Um, obviously, you're two different people, so that question doesn't mean you have to answer it the same. It's like asking a question. Like, the one game that we both, yeah, no. we actually have the same life history. <laughs> um, exactly. We're just clones. <laughs> it's just one of us. I'm just really good at throwing my voice. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay. 
Okay, that's just I can't even process that image. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> can you say? Um, can you say bottle of beer? What's that? <laughs> say bottle of beer because that's a favorite ventriloquist yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Got a No, that's not good. Um, but yeah, no, um, I mean, Sam, what did you? I mean, what were you? What were your kind of? I suppose I better start directing questions at people as opposed to, you know, it's, it's like walking into a restaurant and saying, would anyone like coffee? Um, <laughs> but I mean, was yeah. that, I mean, what kind of games were you kind of into and involved in and liked? I mean, yeah, I guess I started out with, you know, um, some of the standard things like the the old, uh, you know, roll and move games of the past where at first it felt like there was some skill, but pretty quickly I was like, well, I don't control my own destiny in these and moved on to other things like uh, Parcheesi, Stratego, and, you know, then moved into Axis and Allies, Settlers of Catan, and kind of branched out from there. Gwen was actually the first person to introduce me to Carcassonne uh, many, many years ago. So, yeah, I guess, you know, I kept moving up with the complexity and then uh, kind of branching out from there. But, it's, um, a, it's a difficult thing when somebody kind of says, do you want some Carcassonne? And you're just like saying, well, do I get a spoon or do I eat it with a fork? Because, <laughs> you know, somebody offered my car, do you want Carcassonne? And I went, yeah, but, and then I was expecting cheese. But, <laughs> you it know, does sound like a cheese. It does, do you know what I mean? It's like, I've just, I've just had my dessert and then I'm moving on to the Carcassonne. Um, and the brandy kind of thing it's just, it's just an unusual thing that people could say it's like one of these things people say oh it's Catan or you know if you know you're talking gateway when you're talking Catan kind of thing so. right yeah but what I yeah, mean what was your reaction Sam when you know you got offered Carcassonne for the first time for the first time well yeah um, you know horribly surprised when it was just these bitter pieces of cardboard that I, I had to, to choke down um yeah, no, I, I mean, I liked it. I, what I've liked is just finding the, you know, uh, the multifaceted ways of interacting with games and like how far different imaginations can take, a, you know, the hobby. So, I mean, that's been, and even more so now, now that we've interacted with all these other indie designers and what they're working on, it's just so many different tendrils shooting off. Like you can just find uh, such a, an amazing variety. Um, so yeah, I've been really enjoying that. And especially with uh, the indie designers, just like, it, it's cool because none of those games, not two of them look alike. And that, you know, art styles, uh, the way they play, the mechanics. So yeah, no, I've just always kind of embraced, uh, you know, I'll try anything once, I think, just to, to try to figure out like how it works. And have you, I mean, have you got a style of game that you're drawn to yourself that you kind of would would pick up over are you a kind of a worker placement kind of man or are you you know do you prefer you know you mentioned axis and allies are you do like your strategy or are you a bit of a card nice you know card and dice person i mean what's your what's your kind of your jam i guess it's really a mix i mean I'll, I'll go for the long form strategy if i can get enough people together to sit around for three or four hours yeah but uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, these days I've been into, I don't know, deck building a lot. I, I really love just playing through multiple rounds of Dominion. With a, oh, yeah, okay. Different variations and whatnot. Although I, I usually like including the witch, which Gwen doesn't uh, enjoy that much. <laughs> I, I kind of like it when it's more of a, like, I'm coming after you kind of experience. And everyone else is like, I just kind of want to, like, you know, make my kingdom more efficient. And, you know, like, uh, <laughs> transport my resources into victory points. And I'm like, well, I want to fill your deck with useless cards and, like, win by default in the end. <laughs> I, want, I want you all to die. 
<laughs> what about yourself, Gwen? I mean, what's you know, what kind of cardboard? I was going to say, what kind of cardboard light lit your fire? But that's just you know, <laughs> so, so so bad. But no, I mean, have you got a particular kind of genre that you that you enjoy kind of more than anything else? I'm a huge fan. Well, I learned my first games were all card games. Um, I played with my grandfather who. All right. Um, was an Estonian immigrant who he was very stoic man. He didn't say a lot and um, really amazing person. But we would play casino and cribbage, and that was sort of the way he would have his martini. And <laughs> and I was like five. I don't know. That's how I learned to count. And so those are those kind of games are near and dear to me. And I mm. always love that type of strategy where maybe it doesn't come down to one turn and what you do in that exact turn, but it's more like this overarching, you play multiple games and you win more often when you start to learn how to, you know, card count and handle certain situations in certain ways and stuff like that. So I'm a huge fan of trick-taking games like Bridge and things like that. And now there's these other versions that sort of bring that into, you know, more of a board game setting or more of a themed card game. And I love those. Those would probably be my favorites. So, um, I mean, when you, I mean, when you, you guys are obviously kind of playing the games together and I mean, how do you transition from, you obviously have the discussion about you saying, well, I, you know, I made this game a long time ago, um, called Pigtails and, <laughs> and, and, and Sam kind of looked at you and went, are you wanting to make a game? <laughs> Is that... that was exactly it. That's the whole <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've got. I didn't get a pony when I'm younger, so I'm demanding some cardboard right now. Yeah. <laughs> God, you know, it's kind of weird. Like the actual inception point, like where the first kernel of the idea to move forward with it, like actually kind of escapes me now. I feel like we've been going at this for so long that it feels like we've been doing it forever. But uh, I think it, for us, it really started with the idea of a mechanic more than the theme is how it, it began uh, to form. And really this idea, and me and Gwen talk about this a lot, about having the idea where it's like you're dealing with, we like games where we're dealing with the personality of the game, but we also like direct conflict with other players. And we kind of wanted to meld those together into this form where you're dealing with both, both of your opponents. The game is coming for you, your opponents are coming from you, and you have to try to survive in that space. And uh, yeah, I think it really evolved out of that and then trying to find a theme that, that felt like that, something you know uh, that can't be controlled, can't be contained, uh, something that is always gunning for you. And uh, eventually we came on, like the idea of a forest fire really seemed to fit that. And then you know we kind of took that theme and then even further honed it to fit into the mechanics. I mean, was, did you go through kind of different, did you have discussions about what it was actually going to be you were facing? I mean, in this kind of thing, you know, people will go down like a fantasy realm or was it just a case you looked at each other and went, fire, this is, you know, this is the way we're going to go with this. Was it was it a fairly quick, simple kind of decision process for that? Um, I think that one of the things that we wanted to do was come up with a theme we hadn't seen so much before. Um, and while I really enjoy games that are fantasy set or, you know, more of like the dragons and that type of thing i we've played a lot of them and um there it's not like my my personal favorite theme it's not like i'm reading you know science sci-fi fiction or anything like that so trying to find something that was a little bit different um 
And then the idea, <laughs> the idea of fire came about. Fire is definitely a theme that's also used in board games. There are a few. Most yeah. of them are, yeah, there's a few firefighting games. I would say, like, all in all, probably less than ten. Right, Yeah. yeah. Flashpoint. No, I think Flashpoint of... rings a bell, but... Yeah, there's Flashpoint. Um, in terms of forest fire, I think there's a, you know, there's a game called Hot Shots, and um, all of those that we know of, there's, there's a few others that have something competitive about them, but they're mostly, like, cooperative-style games. Either they're fully cooperative... Or there's, you know, you're trying to beat back the flames. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the idea of taking something like a fire theme and then turning it on its head and making it competitive, even though, of course, the plot to that is a little bit absurd. We thought it was just fun and something that we could really go with. I think I think it's difficult to, when you're designing a board game, I think it's natural to gravitate to some of the more popular themes in order to get people's attention so there's the you know there's the usual kind of there's um there is like the magic there's the fantasy there's the almost like there's always like a cartoony silly kind of style that people kind of gravitate towards right yeah and then you've got like you're getting into your serious kind of you know future zone and then the post-apocalyptic kind of scene so i mean what you must have had a kind of um a lot enough conviction behind you guys at the time to say, no, this is the kind of the theme that we're gonna kind of kind of run with, and not say, well, let's make it kind of alien bacteria kind of spreading across <laughs> the board instead. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I think really some of the first conventions we brought the game to, people just uh, react, reacted very viscerally to the idea of being able to wield fire and to spread it, and the idea that you can actually. Because the perspective of the game from the bird's eye view, watching it spread out, it really kind of evokes the, the idea of a forest fire growing. And, and, you know, it's almost like this living force on the board. So it was really people's reactions to it that kept pushing us and fueling us to want to keep with that theme and to push it forward. Um, when you have games that have a specific theme, you get a lot of people who are really, who really, really love that theme, right? So there's like the people who just love, love, love zombie games, right? And so they want to play every zombie game they can get their hands on. But I almost every time you've got a theme that's that strong and people love it so much, I think you've almost got this other group of people who are like, I'll never play a zombie game again because I've already, I either already own 10 or I'm just not interested in zombies, you know, something like that. So, no, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I totally so I think, see that. I totally see that. Yeah, so having something different, I don't think people have a really strong opinion about a fire theme. <laughs> So you have to win them over with the mechanics, but maybe you're also not turning people off either. So there's sort of a the pros and cons of that. I don't know. I think it's on. I think um, as I say, I think the first thing that struck me with the game was the kind of the the artwork on it is extremely strong. Thank you. In so the much. terms of how, I mean, you you get a gra- It's very difficult um, with so many games out there for you to get an instant grasp of potentially what a game is going to be about just by looking at the um at the cover you know right. it's you know there's the, it's almost like nowadays like everything else the presentation on a, on the front box of a game uh, the artwork on there has got to be enticing it's got to look fantastic but they don't you know it's 
but you can look at that and go right okay there's fire involved there's towers involved i am you know it's it's, it's it was a quick i could say oh i can guess i can guess really quickly what this game is going to be about potentially that's great you know so that you know that again it was just one of those things that went yeah, as I say, when you emailed me and said, you know, oh, this is the game that we're bringing to Kickstarter, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I will talk to you. <laughs> I, will definitely, <laughs> awesome. I will definitely kind of have you guys on the show. That wasn't a, that wasn't kind of like a problem at all. Um, when you were, I mean, when when you were designing, did you do what every designer did? Did you start off kind of adding additional? Is there additional kind of mechanics and functionality that you ended up kind of stripping out? Did you get the, the bell curve kind of thing where you, you start off with nothing, then you add everything, and then you end up kind of stripping everything back down just to bring <laughs> it down to the core mechanics? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, well, we started, yeah, well, we started out, um, I mean, I think we did, yeah, we did add a lot of things and experiment with different ways of uh, influencing the wind and the way the fire moves and then different patterns. And it became like clear over time, like we were able to cull those down because there was the ones that worked and then there were certain ones that kind of could break the game or would be too powerful. And it was really, yeah, the process of balancing the cards against the other cards in the deck that helped us figure out, um, you know, which ones were the most applicable, which ones should move forward. So yeah, we definitely, there was times where we had some pretty fanciful ideas that totally ruined the game. And then we had to like tone those down and either remove them or restructure them into something else. Um, were you, yeah. uh, were you, Sam, were you conscious at the same time um, of, because you were going to Kickstarter of potential kind of stretch goals that you should consider? Um, I mean the reason. Okay, I mean the reason I say this is because um, stretch goals seem to go two ways. In my experience with Kickstarter, you get people that um, when they're doing the stretch goals, they seem to be like a direct representation of improving the game in terms of the components that you're providing. Yeah, so you're going for the standard kind of better cards, linen, linen finish, you know, thicker board, you know, kind of mm -hmm. extra kind of, you know, additional pieces, you know, taking a cardboard token and making it into maybe a resin token instead. So were you, when you were designing it, were you conscious of stretch goals that you were wanting to kind of put together for the game? Yeah, I mean, we always, I mean, obviously certain things like the linen finish and uh, that we've added and the thicker cards are just, you know, you know, if you can make the ideal game that you want to make, you want it to be a good tactile experience and you want it to be a rugged thing that will hold up over time. And some of the, the cards we've added to the game, um, they are things we've been working on uh, and things that have come up more recently. And mm -hmm. uh, But, you know, we didn't have art for them, so we still have to produce that and we have to, you know, get them uh, integrated in with everything else. So we have added a few new cards to the game as well. So we've done a little bit of both, upgrading some components and adding, I'd say, what is amounting to like a little bit of an expansion to the game within the stretch goals. But yeah, we were pretty conscious... Um, of, of that. I mean, there's definitely, we've gotten great feedback from our backers that have directed us towards some things we were thinking of more than others. But uh, yeah, we had it, we had it pretty fairly mapped out. Although right in the beginning, uh, our goal was jumping ahead so fast that it was like uh, Gwen being the graphic designer of the team. I'd be like, you've got to change the stretch goal thing again. We've broken one. And it's like, she's like, well, what, what did that happen? And then, you know, she put it up and I'd be like, back to the computer, Gwen, you have to get it up. Everyone wants to know what the next stretch goal is. Like, hurry, hurry. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> Just gonna sweep it along. There you go. Get the pick it up a pillow and start hitting her with it. Go on, computer. <laughs> Get to the computer, Gwen. Come on. 
start typing. Type faster. Think faster. <laughs> but I mean, you're. I mean, have you decided? Have you said right? Okay, at this certain point, there are no stretch goals. We're all out of stretch goals, kind of thing. Have you reached that point? Are you still kind of, kind of, pandering about kind of thinking? Well, what you know. What else could we possibly add that isn't just going to be a daft kind of extra that people are going to go, what, 75,000 for that kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like we don't want to, I mean, some people would ask you to add certain uh, things that, but we don't want to, it's like we don't want to add anything to the game that would damage the base game we've already made. You know, we've played it thousands of times and it's really balanced and we really enjoy that product and think that it's a great core product. So uh, I know certain people where, you know, they're like, well, well, you make a co-op version of the game. And it's like, at this point, we're not just going to slap one on just for, you know, a stretch goal to try to push the campaign a little further. I mean, there are a couple other little things we'd like to add, mostly just uh, component upgrades that if we could add them, we would, if we end up making these other goals. But um, yeah, nothing in terms of altering the gameplay significantly. Which leads us quite nicely into the gameplay, significantly. Um, <laughs> and people, are, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's there's fire, um, there's <laughs> there's towers, it's competitive. You're fighting fires, and I guess you're pushing fires to other places. Um, that I mean, the the basic premise of the game is, I mean, it's it's kind of I guess I admire your conviction to say right okay this is competitive and if you don't like it <laughs> go and play one of those boring co-op games which are all playing and it's like oh no after you no no after you oh do you hit the monster first oh thank you very much let me hit the monster do you, I mean, do you need a healing potion oh that's so kind of you here we go i know i can't buy that armor we'll tell you what here's 25 gold you go ahead and fill your boots up. oh you're so nice and you're just like that burn burn like that, I mean, is that where the fun is? Because it's it, it's not like it's kind of like a is you're attacking other people with fire, which is I'm going to say is always a fun thing to do. But then you know I'm, <laughs> I might get arrested for that. But um, when you, I mean, it is basically you're trying to set somebody else on you know their fire tower on fire. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, it is funny. I mean, we know that it's an absurd pre a premise, but I think part of the... When we designed the game, it was just, of course, it's going to be competitive, and we didn't even think too much about it. Sam really loves the, you know, incredibly interactive games where he, he loves taking other people down if he can. He loves, like, that sort of um, taking on your opponents. I like the card games that have, you know sort of that long-term strategy, multiple game strategy, and so both of those are in there with the cards that you can, you could potentially card count because it's a very, it's a simple deck. There's not, um, it's not like every single card has its own action. There's a, you know, a deck of cards that is uh, based in suits and everything. And then, then there's the board, which, you know, allows you to spread the fire and so on. Uh, 
I mean, in terms of the theme, I think uh, we got some really good advice like early on from other game designers that where they they basically told us you're not going to be able to please everyone. And if you try to make a game that is going to please everyone, it's not going to be a game that really makes anyone that happy. And it would be better to make a game that has a, a community around it and has an audience and it really invigorates that community and it like it stokes their passions. So it's like we'll know the people who come up to our game. Uh, they'll walk up sometimes at conventions and look at us and go, hey, oh, is this another cooperative firefighting game and we'll be like no it's competitive and their eyes light up and they're like well i'm in i'm in i want to wait i can burn down the other towers and i'm de i'm defending myself and i can i can control the fire and, and then we're like yes you can do that they're like thank you for making this um so it's like when we see those people i'm it's great um I, and you know most people react to it most people don't take it too seriously i mean it the scene is a little dark but the way the game is constructed <laughs> It, it doesn't it doesn't feel brutal it's not like one, I mean I played certain worker placement games where um, you know I take one action from someone else and it feels way more brutal than burning down someone's fire tower um, so yeah I don't know we stuck with the theme and it's uh, people have really enjoyed it and um, yeah I think I mean it's really what has helped the game become so popular so I'm glad we you know didn't give up on it are you a sore winner Sam? Do you get in people's faces and go ah, like that? <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm worse than that. I'm that guy who like will will cut maybe lose his mind a bit if he if he if he loses and like stalk <laughs> off. But if I win, I'll be very humble and quiet and then be like, everyone, that was a very nice game because I'm like conscious of the fact of how horrible it is when I'm someone else does it to you. Sorry, we're we're going straight over to Gwen here for confirmation of this. It's, um... <laughs> A sore winner, is he the type of thing? Oh my gosh, Sam is... He's very fun to play games with, but it's hilarious the way he reacts. If he, if he, Usually what happens with Sam is that he thinks he's going to lose a game that he's actually going to win. So he'll get you know all worked up about how he's going to lose the game, and then when he wins, he has to sort of swallow everything he just said to everybody. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you just, I don't know. It's just imagine it's like I'm gonna go and write in my journal. Was <laughs> one four games again, <laughs> tallying the total over <laughs> a lifetime. And then when you go up, you say, "Well, you know, you won that game last week. I won four of them <laughs> in my in my journal." Um, I mean, one of the th okay, one of the standout things is the the fire itself i mean was the glass was the glass i mean was the beads thing because they are kind of resiny clear i know what i'm talking about going the kickstarter they're clear fire things you know they're not going to be solid but they are clear fire they're all over the kickstarter page um it's yeah stuff things fire but was that a decision <laughs> from the very very beginning um, huh? when you put them together did you i mean were you already playing around with little kind of clear orange beads when you were designing the game when you started doing it? Our, our original fire tower board had golden plastic pirate tokens. <laughs> <laughs> then we, we upgraded to just like winks, like tiddlywinks. Um, and we took, we took that to a convention and, you know, people kind of kept saying, you know, it'd be really nice if this was something else. And, and I remember sort of thinking like, well, yeah, well, you design it. You know, I was like grumpy about it. <laughs> and then we found the piece and it's like everybody was so right. And we finally found the piece. And when we finally found the piece, it was clear right away. We took it to a convention 
and people, somebody walked by, and the first thing they said was, that's a lot of fire you got there. So oh. it was clear, you know, it's like we knew exactly that, you know. And then the next person it. who walked up said what so many people have said, that, what, can, I, can I eat these? Can I, can I eat these fire pieces? And then people will just walk by to put their hands in them. before, And the, they'll look at me like, I don't know what the game's about exactly. I see that it's fire, but can I touch these for a while? And then after they hold them for a minute, they're like, well, I want to play now. Um, you just, I just thought not said like selling as an add-on, just a bag of fire. <laughs> people, people have asked us that. People have even said like, I would upgrade my pledge to like get us to, to like some stretch goal uh, where we get extra fire tokens. But it's just there's already 135 of them. It's like if we, I don't know, if you added another significant amount, it would be a very heavy game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the shipping cost is really the main problem with oh those gems. Goodness. Are they? It's I worth mean, it. are they? Are they clear plastic then? Yeah. Yeah, they're right. They're transparent orange plastic, and uh, yeah, they look like ne- they look like they're all different from each and other. Did you design? I mean, did you design that specifically? And I mean, were they quite were they quite easy to get the kind of like the prototypes made? I mean, did you just go to the fire shop and say, "I'll have one hundred and thirty five of these, please"? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a fire shop on every corner in Brooklyn, so um, <laughs> um, that's what I heard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the uh well we printed our, our first prototypes through game crafter and pretty much everything else in the game came from there except for those gems thankfully uh the manufacturers we're working with uh just it's it's a piece they happen to have and uh, we basically just scaled up the size of it and uh, picked the right shade so we had to we had to figure out how to source those ourselves for the uh the original prototypes how many um fire beads do you currently have in your house <laughs> thousands and thousands it, it's bad like you'll open a drawer and there's one you'll step on the rug and you will like get a oh wound underneath oh there's a fire gem gotta get oh. it out of there the cat will be batting them around uh yep they're yeah. everywhere <laughs> yeah, we sounds got like, little, this is we like got, a lego thing when you go out in bare feet and you stand on a lego <laughs> yes. they're not quite as insidious as legos but like they're definitely on the spectrum of, of pain Whenever we're playing games and we run out of pieces, I just reach into my pocket and I always happen to have like seven fire gems on me. So. Uh, it does happen in game nights. So they're like, oh no, I'm, I'm missing two of the counters for the life tracker. And Ren's like, well, I have these. I'm like, oh, these are nice. Exactly. It's like, you've got something in your hair. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're finishing a meal. I got something in my teeth. So, <laughs> it's a fire thing. It's not. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it is going to be like New Year's party when somebody brings in one of those kind of tinsel bombs or whatever, glitter bombs, and you're picking <laughs> out kind of, you know, everyone goes, Happy New Year, poof, and it goes everywhere. And you're still going to be finding these little orange darlings for, like, years to come. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure of it. I'm sure of it. We were at a, we've had a few conventions where the the people at the conventions tweeted at us with a picture where they said fire tower we have your pieces and there's like <laughs> the fire gems they found under the table or that rolled into the corner uh-huh. because people got um really into the game <laughs> so is, yeah, there, is there a chance they could like reach some kind of omnipotence and then breed <laughs> <laughs> Good. I mean, maybe that's why there's so many in the house. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like a subtle infestation at first, and then pretty soon, everyone's like, whatever happened to Runaway Parade Games? It's like, oh, they're in a solid chunk of orange plastic. It all solidified. It's in its chrysalis stage. That's the topic of our next game, actually. <laughs> well, you know, in millions of years' time, you know, you'll get found, and scientists will dig you out like big bits of amber. <laughs> and then they'll use your DNA to reproduce kind of new game designers. 
Um, you know, and then of course you'll break out and smash the park and you'll eat the tourists, and that'll be a fun time. <laughs> that, that's uh, all the track as the trail of fire jumps. <laughs> exactly. That'll be it. Um, I, I guess the other thing is as well is, um, did you when you were doing your conventions, were you not tempted to go and hijack the photosynthesis stand? <laughs> And just take your fire gems with you, and then exactly just, just recreate and then the just, forest. Just like walk past, and they just casually throw them on the table and go, "Hey, you're not going to get your son now, are you?" <laughs> just say, That's it. it's all going to burn. You know. Someone has actually suggested it. So they're like, "You should like have like a like a mode where you play around a photosynthesis, and yeah, and then it turns into a round of fire tower where you now <laughs> destroy that forest. You you've just grown." That's it. That should just say that, you know. Just that'd be so. Best funny. played with photosynthesis. Yeah. <laughs> just, just have a word with them. Just see what they'll do. They might. They actually might approach you. They go. Oh, they're really funded and successful. They probably will. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure photosynthesis is coming to us about this <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> Definitely. I'm just checking my email again. And then I'm che- <laughs> checking my junk folder. <laughs> no. <laughs> Still not contacted us, but you could do that. You could just do like drive-by firings on anything at all. Do you know what I mean? Anything at all, any game. Do you know what I mean? Jackfruit, there you go. You know anything like that? Pandemic, that'd be hilarious. Pandemic Legacy season two. Islands on fire. You thought disease was the problem, but now whole continents are on fire. You're burned. But it got rid of the disease, so inadvertently you still won the game. Well, there you go. Exactly. On the other side of it, um, did you at any point actually consider having jello type sweets for the fire? <laughs> I, I, we just, we will do that now, I guess, is, is the only answer I have for you. No, that, that, would be, that would be a pretty good marketing thing. It's like, every time you play, well, now you've got to buy another uh, bag of gems. Would, <laughs> yeah, and they retail for seventy nine ninety nine for 135 <laughs> See, that's what you're looking at. They're talking about the retail tail. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you just put some something in them, something illegal to make them addictive. I don't know. <laughs> You could be like the Walter White of the board game industry. <laughs> like you've never seen a fire gem so pure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's cook. Um, <laughs> and, and then on you, on you kind of go. Um, right, back to the game. What's it called again? Um, who, who did the fantastic picture of the moving, is it Jeff or Giff? with a oh. fire tower gems and how long did that take and um, was it fun or frustrating to do the you mean the how to play video or the or I mean the, 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 the little the gift that... where you get the little kind of all the gems coming together to spell the word fire tower um, that was both of us we actually our whole how to play video is also done with stop motion so I think we're probably totaling in the 7,000 frames or something. Yeah, for the project. Uh, we actually, both of us really liked doing that, but it, yeah, it was insane. And we chose to do it sort of late in the game there. So there was some, 
you know, very, very, very late nights. Moving jumps around, like, minuscule <laughs> amounts, and then the cat would run across. The, it was like, we had to keep oh quarantining goodness. the cat, and, and the roommates were like, don't come over here, because if you bump the table, we have to start this hour process over again. <laughs> were, yeah. you a little, were you a little bit grumpy at the end? <laughs> Great moods the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Just smiling and, and bathing in the in the fire gems. Yeah, that's Just how gonna... we always are. Actually, we're just, <laughs> just going to cut to that one picture of you know I think is it Cinderella smiling with the caption screaming internally. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those things where everyone kind of said, "Are you sure this is good time management to be working on this thing?" But then when we finally finished it and our, our other friends saw it, they're like. Oh, the stop motion video was worth it. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you believed in us the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I would have just went past and went, you spelt tower wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you spell Scott. <laughs> That's not how you spell Scotland. That's not how you spell tower in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody in the UK is going to understand that. <laughs> you think that's a t- I think that's a tour. I think, yeah. you're taking them on a, I think you're taking them on a fire tour. Hey, that, that, could be, that could be the next game. It's like you, you're just like wandering around the forest. Like, look what they're doing in there. <laughs> We're making people playing photosynthesis cry. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. But anyway, back to the gameplay. Um, so... Basically, I mean, it is a case of you've got a wind direction, but you've also got the ability to kind of control the fire a little bit as well with um, kind of fire breaks that you can put down. But the idea is to... um, You get um, different cards that you can play to affect how the fire is kind of spreading as well, and you are adding, continually adding to to the fire. I mean, did you... Did you have to play around... Did you have to balance up naturally how the fire was going to be spreading? And yeah. still, still kind of make it enjoyable to actually play it and allow you, you allow you the player to actually have some control over where the fire was going. Yeah, we definitely had to uh, kind of uh, tool it so it didn't uh, accelerate too quickly. But we also mm. wanted the game to wrap up enough. So yeah, it was finding that sweet spot where people are having a, a great experience for just the right amount of time. And the way we really did that was just that the difference is every card um, allows you to add different patterns to the board, and each one has their own tactical advantages uh, versus disadvantages. So whereas one fire card, like uh, the flare-up, can it, it'll, it can spread further than any other card. It's just a line of three, and it can be easily blocked. Whereas uh, the explosion doesn't spread quite as far, but it's more like a bridgehead. So we wanted people to be making those kind of interesting decisions on their turn. Like, what's more important to me right now? You know, engulfing more territory? Or kind of like embedding myself with what I've already taken, or should I focus on my on my own defense right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's it been like with the community then, and the effect of kind of like the rules? Because one of the more popular things to do nowadays is to have is to put your rule book out there to let people kind of come back and give you some feedback. I mean, you've now got, you know, you've now got almost a, you know, you've got a thousand people almost that have backed the game. What's it like kind of having that third designer on board in terms of the community? I mean, have you been have you been surprised about the kind of the interaction that you've had from the Kickstarter community and what's going to what's your experience has been of that kind of so far? Um, w- with regards to the rule book, um I I don't know, we 
mostly people have uh, accepted. Some people have asked us specific questions about, you know, uh, like they people have asked about the player elimination aspect and they wanted to know, like, does it actually, you know, how long are people sitting around? And we've been able to explain to them, you know, all the different things we added to the game to accelerate it. It's like as each person is removed, a firestorm happens, more cards are added to the hand. So people aren't actually sitting around uh, for that long after they've been taken out. So it's more been questions about that. Um, specific rules, uh, people did have asked questions about how the, the team variant works, but not so much trying to make uh, changes, more just having a clarification on exactly how something works. We have had a lot of really good feedback uh, for um, just uh, like the way some of the stretch goals we've done and the way that they would look or, or you know the way that they would you know add to the game. So we've definitely gotten a lot of feedback on that. Um, on the rule book, not as much other than very good questions, which are, I'm always really happy to ask them because the more, if you can really answer those questions about your game, it really means you you know the ins and out. And we played it so many times that I could almost answer them in my sleep. So it's, <laughs> it, it's good. It makes, it makes you think about it from their perspective, which can only make the game better. Yeah. yeah. No, I think if, you know, that's one of the things that you forget is you've always got this thing of being kind of like too too close to the tool bench where you've been working on something for so long when you've been had a game in your face for that length of time that it's very very difficult for you to potentially look at it from another angle even if there's like maybe you know two two of you involved in the kind of mm -hmm. the design kind of thing and you I notice you're incredibly active in terms of kind of dealing with the comments that you're getting on Kickstarter I mean was that was that something that you guys kind of decided from the beginning that you were going to be as active as possible? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had this community growing through our, the conventions that we've been going to. And I think for Sam and I, our, the, our favorite thing about creating a game has been bringing the game to conventions and meeting people and having these personal interactions with them. I mean, the feedback is invaluable. The just having that face-to-face -face, um, interaction with people has really meant a lot to us. So we wanted to take that same attitude to the Kickstarter campaign and mm -hmm. really bring people into the process and have it be a personal affair. Because, I mean, it's pretty much just the two of us doing this. It's a very personal project for us. We're a very small team, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a. We're not like a big company who <laughs> has all these different people that we're interacting. You're talking directly to us no matter what. So we wanted to keep that feel going because that means a lot to us. And I mean, has this, um, with a success, I mean, it's success is funded. You know, it's funded by six times. Um, with the success there, has this kind of not made you think, right, this is, you know, right, this is it board game design, this is what we're going to be doing from now on. But has it kind of made you think more about, well, a long-term plan in terms of the games that you want to be putting out there? I mean, are you forge, are you looking at forging a particular identity for the type of games that you want to be kind of making it run away? Yeah, I mean, I think we do. We have like a lot of other game designs we've been working on. Mostly, we haven't had, we've been doing everything for Fire Tower and pushing that forward. So most of our game design happens when we're in cars driving between conventions. <laughs> that's like the one down, that's the one downtime where it's like, well, we can't physically work on Fire Tower right now. So 
Um, yeah, we have a lot of ideas. I think what we always want to do in our game design is have a theme that people haven't really experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, be able to connect to that um, and, you know, have some mechanics that feel a little bit different from what you've dealt with before, but mostly just something with an energy to it that's enjoyable and it, it keeps moving forward and kind of pulls you up in it where it's like every turn matters. And every time you see another player taking a turn, you're really watching them. You're not just thinking about your turn. You're thinking about how their turn is going to affect what you're going to do next. So constant engagement is something we're striving for. Also having the game just be as accessible as possible, something that you can teach really quickly and um, that people can pick it up and that they, they can start making important decisions about what they're doing within moments of, you know, opening the box. So that, I mean, not only is that a really great experience to have at a convention, because if you're teaching like a a game that takes an hour to learn and then three hours to play, the convention experience isn't so great. Um, But also just because I love those types of games and they bring non-gamers into gaming and the more gamers there are, the better it is for everyone. (laughs) No, no, that's, you know... No, that's that's what people need. I mean, for every, you know, I think for every big box, complicated kind of uh, behemoth that's out there, I think it's always good to have something which is going to be this striking that you are going to get non-board gamer players kind of walking past and going, what, what's the, what, the, what's this all about? I understand dice, I understand minis, and I, I understand cards, but you know, you've got all these, um, these lovely plastic kind of orange tokens can I eat one please <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing um, <clears throat> edible games is also our next level <laughs> I, th- I think you know edible um, addictive games um, <laughs> join us in co- join us in court <laughs> we're running away from raid <laughs> start the first first year of their 15 year sentence um, <clears throat> but I mean also the other thing is as well is the actual um the entry level to pledge, you've you've kept it kind of relatively. I mean, relatively low. I mean, I'm I am I'm going to say low because compared to there's a lot of games out there that, you know, jumping above a hundred dollars at the moment just seems to be ah oh, well you know, <laughs> it's a piffling hundred. Um, <laughs> but you've you know you've kind of you've kept it under. I mean, it's thir- thirty nine dollars kind of gets you through the door. So again, was that. Was that kind of like a conscious decision based on that you're looking to make it accessible? Um, and, you know, and, and again, I guess it's testament to that you, you've really, really funded really, really well if you're looking at, you know, $40, $40 for the game. And um, was that a conscious decision that you made to try and kind of keep it below a certain level in terms of the of the price? Yeah, I mean, the same thing, you know, we, we also with the accessibility. I mean, we we just wanted, uh, you know, we set the funding goal just to be able to produce the, the, the first print run. And that's what we really want, just to get the game out in the world and have people enjoy it. So that the best thing we could do for that was, you know, and especially to give back to the people who have helped us at this this time is offer a good, you know, price on the Kickstarter and make it so, you know, it's not like this this very hard hitting financial decision to get the game into your house. So yeah, we were conscious of that, and we've throughout the whole process of working with manufacturers, we've definitely tried to uh, find ways to you know keep the cost uh, like at a relative level and you know an accessible level and a reasonable level. Mm. Yeah, without taking away too much of the quality of the game, and I think now with the stretch goals, we have the quality game that we want. So that's really thrilling to have that as well. It's it kind of made it like almost like an impulse purchase. 
you know, because um, in terms of people can look at it and go, oh, it's 40 bucks. I can just, you know, I can back that and know that I'm not going to be getting to the end of the month before payday and saying, can I really afford this, you know, this amount of money? Um, yeah, right. And people can kind of, people can kind of jump in and it's kind of like a, let's talk me as a kind of a, a reasonable level. And you get, I mean, as you say, you get a fair, you do get kind of like a fair amount in the box. I mean, you obviously get your, um, we're not going to make any more jokes about the fire tokens because it's serious. <laughs> fire is serious, um, you know. And uh, no, I remember on the back of uh, we had a our, our our workbooks at school, and they had like a warning about fire, and they said, "You remember, fire burns, fire kills." And then underneath we wrote, uh, "Fire uh, bakes, fries, and grills." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's Stupid. true. You got to remember the civilization building aspect of it as well. Exactly, you know. But I mean, you get your tokens, you get your fire, you get your you get your fire gems, you get your firebreak tokens, you get your dice, you get your board, you get your car action cards, bucket cards, firestone cards, your book of rules. You're also going to get your weather vane cards, your champion of the woods. I don't know what that is, but it sounds fantastic. Um, <laughs> a coloured mixed marble D eight. Oh my goodness! Okay, back this pe- <laughs> back this people, and cloth bag. Well, cloth bags the next thing that fall, isn't it? Yeah. That's the fifty k kind of yep. stretch goals. As I say, are you kind of is this you kind of reaching the end of the kind of the stretch goals before you're kind of starting to jump into the profitability of the game? Is that something you kind of have to bear in mind? I mean, it's it's definitely a really complicated math problem that we're <laughs> constantly trying to figure out. So, like, yeah, the balancing and making sure that we're not yeah. making the game, like, it's it's really tempting just to say, like, whatever you guys want, like, we'll give it all to you, and then, you know, we'll, we're going to lose our home over that. So uh, <laughs> exactly. trying to find that balance is important. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the, the bag was something we had thought about but weren't initially thinking of adding to it. But a lot of feedback from backers, um, they were really interested in having that and having something, uh, you know, cool to hold the fire gems. So we figured out the math for that and, you know, you know, a reasonable level where we, we could add it to the game. So we're excited that, you know, we're nearing that stretch goal and it'll be cool to add a, that to every copy of the game. Because, I mean, I mean, this isn't, I mean, this isn't the last chance saloon. I mean, you have got, you know, look at the time that we're talking. You got two weeks to go. I know. I can't Is that weird? Is that like weird? I mean, it's because, I mean, I've seen... It's really strange because I've seen Kickstarters that have, um, they've done strong and they've been asking for 10k and they've made 12k, you know, 12,000. I've seen other ones which have started off, you know, you know your your normals. I mean, um, one of the big ones at the moment seems to be the Hellboy um, right. board yeah. game, which, yeah, I really like it. I love the artwork of the Hellboy kind of character anyway, so that's kind of, ooh, I like that. Yeah, right. Um but I mean, you got two weeks to go, and I mean, are you, are you, are you? Is it every day you kind of like sitting there and going, right, okay? Are you having to almost manage your expectations and downplay where you could potentially be going with this to kind of keep your feet on the ground? I think we're so surprised. Like, we're, I mean, not so surprised, but like so blown away by everybody's support that I think yeah. every single person who comes in is another like 
oh wow, I can't believe that. So <laughs> we've done that now, uh, yeah. closing in on a thousand times. <laughs> I, think, I think also, yeah, we're not trying to focus too much on you know like what the, like what it could be or how far it could go, and we're just trying to you know create the best experience for everyone doing it, and you know. Just keep, you know, I don't know. It's not, you know, we're not sitting around going, oh, you know, this is going to make a hundred thousand. It's like, we don't want to set uh, expectations. We've already achieved. I mean, we just wanted to produce the game. And the fact <laughs> that we're doing that is already, it's so we're really grateful for that yeah. and re really excited to, to do that. So, yeah, I mean, we're not thinking too much uh, about, you know, like what it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. And we're just uh, putting the work in and trying to get the word out as best we can. And we're just going to keep working at it and see where it ends up. Yeah, and I think the the common misconception is when you get something that um, funds this well, this doesn't mean that <laughs> I see this folk go, yeah, but you've got 46,000. Yeah, I know. But your goal was only 8,000. Yeah, I know. But that doesn't mean that we've got $38,000 sitting about now doing nothing. We've got, we've got to make the other games that everybody's asked for as well. Yes. Yeah, so I think exactly. that, you know, It's like there's, I don't know, there's very few I think there's very few companies that do Kickstarter that walk away and go, right, guys, you can have the prawn crackers with <laughs> the Chinese meal tonight. We're going all out. Can I have some, can I have some dim sum? Yes, you can. Have two. Thank you. Thank you very much. Kind of thing. But no, I mean, I mean you know, you're still having to balance everything up. I think as Jamie, yeah. Jamie, as Jamie Stegmaier says, there's a, there's a point you reach um where the economy of scale doesn't scale any kind of low. And that's, that's what I mean we we had Panda GM on the show recently. We had Brent from Panda GM just kinda of talking us through the kind of economies of scale in terms of game board kind of production. And there is oh, a that's point really where, interesting. You know, there is a point where you just can't you can't cut the margin anymore at the manufacturing kind of side. So Right. That's all it's, I mean it's, it, all it's definitely it's, noticeable that that certain certain types of things like the like the gems for example don't really change in cost it doesn't matter how many you print they don't get there's no economy of scale with those really yeah because there's already so many of them like we were trying to figure out the other day how many gems are going to have to be produced uh, to you know uh, satisfy every game of fire tower that's been made and it, what is it like like 130,000 of them. So it's like they're already like at that. They've been scaled up pretty far already. Yeah, right. We're not getting be... any more discounts. There's going to be some really excited quality control people at the factory. <laughs> <laughs> They'll go for Just, a swim and then. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It's like, how's it going? Well, you turned up 10 minutes late to work. I know, I know, I missed my bus. Guess what you get to do? <laughs> Tell me, runaway parade? Yeah, it's landed. <laughs> what have we done? We've made a hundred and thirty-five thousand little flamey, fiery things, and you've got to check every single one. <laughs> but by that, I mean, technically, if you leave them long enough, it sounds like they're breeding anyway. So it could just be yeah. a matter of time. <laughs> Sorry, guys, the Kickstarter's delayed. <laughs> Um, yeah, we we planted a few already, so yeah. you know, the, the crop we're, the crop is coming. <laughs> we have to wait until August before we can harvest. Um, <laughs> you got to get that, that 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 nice like burning uh, amber uh, color. Yeah. Um, if you if you wait too long, they just turn brown. You can't pick exactly. them early, and yeah. if you take them too early, they're just green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like a green fire. What's the point of that? It's not settling anything. You know, it's not setting anything. This is what photosynthesis the game is all about. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, For, as I say, four people, 14 days roughly by the time this comes out, you can jump in with both feet for the grand sum of 39 US dollars. Um, But you can also get the 49. US dollars version, which gets you a handcrafted bucket, but they're all oh, you've got two left of the handcrafted bucket. <laughs> um, I don't know why that's funny, but just handcrafted bucket sounds funny. Um, if people are interested in finding it more, I mean, congratulations to you guys for like doing a stellar job with this. Um, hey, thank you so much. You know, it's, 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 it's excellent to see you doing so well. If people want to keep an eye on what you're up to in the future, where can we find you on the interweb nets? Um, you can find us at uh, Runaway Parade on Facebook. Um, you can find us at runawayparade.com. That's our, our website, and we'll have updates on what we're doing there. Also, we're on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. Also, under run, I think Runaway Parade or Runaway Parade Games yeah. on those. So, yeah, you can find us on all those social media forums, and that's pretty much where we'll be letting the world know what's going on. Also, you know, reach out to us. If you have any questions or anything at all, we want to talk to you. We're at runawayparade at gmail.com. Sounds fantastic. Sounds fantastic. I have one more question for you. Yeah. It's on page six of the show notes. It's question number 37. (laughs) Um, You are in the middle of an inferno (laughs) and you've taken refuge away from the little plastic yellow orangey things in a board game shop now this board game emporium houses every single board game any type any make any edition okay the flames are starting to get closer and closer (laughs) to the board game emporium and you can see out the back door there is a clear way that you can escape, okay? But you've decided that you want to take or save at least some of these board games, okay? There's a trolley in front of you. One of those lovely deluxe ones with like the little kind of handle that you can pull things along. <laughs> and there's space in the trolley. There's space in the trolley for six board games, three board games each, okay? Now the fire is coming, it's going to wipe out this beautiful emporium and let's face it, it's made of cardboard so it's going to go up and <laughs> um, What games do you take with you from the fire, Sam? Three wow. games. Oh, starting with me? I have to load the card first. Alright, um, wow. Three games. Is this like the last board game emporium in in the world? Or after this burns down, can I walk down the block and and enter another? They're already burnt down, Sam. There's the smell of charcoal and burnt meeples is horrific. (laughs) You've got the blistered skin of card sleeves surrounding you already. I'm not joking. This is a fierce flame that's heading your way. Do you want to make your decision? All right. Um, well, my first decision, I feel like I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Power Grid with me. Okay. Um, That's a good one. What else choice. am I gonna take? Um, what else am I gonna take? I think I'm gonna take. 
Oh God, I feel like I'm going to offend someone else. They're like, well, you didn't take my game from the, from the fire. Um, that's okay. Um, that's I, fine. They're um, all dead. They're all <laughs> dead anyway, so it doesn't matter. I know. How well, many players? Yeah. Are how many? Yeah. How many people are left? Yeah. If I choose a well, four-player well, you know, game. You, well, okay. If you get the four-player, okay. Look at it this way. If you bump into one person, they'll be wanting to play a game. If you bump into twenty people, then they will all be happy to play a game. The answer <laughs> to the question, "Do you want to play a board game?" is always going to be. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I so think I also okay. take. Oh God! I, I'd also take a. I take five tribes with me. Okay. And God, uh, my last choice. Um, whew, God, this is tough. I don't. I'm getting all tense. Gwen, do you want to throw a couple in? No, no, oh no, no. You've got to finish. I, I gotta on. finish my last one. Um, I. I guess I'll take. It's Phoenix weird. I played it so many times. You think I could let it go? I think I'd also take Dominion with me. Um, there you go. And, um, do I only get the base game, or can I like throw? Am I allowed oh, to add expansions? The, no, you can have all the expansions. It's a big enough trolley. All right, I, those are the three I'll take in in this moment where I have to make a quick decision. I know, oh but if gosh. you had longer, you would. If you'd had longer, you'd start to smolder. Um, yeah. So that's not good. Gwen. Um. Yeah, <laughs> this is terrible. I hate this task. Um, <laughs> I, I guess. Would you, I would... would you rather they all burned? Yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna let them burn. I okay. I can't choose a favorite. Oh, that's, that's awful. Not even one no, game. One game. Um. I, well, I'll. I would grab. I recently played Skull King, and I'm just like dying to play it again. So I would grab okay. Skull King. Right. Um. I'd grab the Grizzled. Just great game. Okay. And I'm trying to think of the last one here. I'm, I'm asking Sam with my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you, Gwen. Gwen, I've loaded the cart and I've left. It's your job to pull it out of the store. He's, he's like the towering inferno. He's covered his head in a, ja in a wet jacket and he's running out already. <laughs> <laughs> you need to but catch up I'm with the I'm actually last game. pretty sure I would burn in this fire because of the like the paralysis of this decision. But um, you know what? I'd, I'm gonna go all. I'm gonna go for another cooperative game. I'm gonna grab Sylveon just because of the fire theme that's in that one. I like it a lot. That's that's a that's a strong that's a strong and fair <laughs> choice. So you run off down the path with trolley. The flames take the board games. You turn around and brush a tear away from your eye. <laughs> <laughs> this is very real. You know. And covered slightly sooty, slightly tired, but you know, happy that you're going to have some games to play. Um, <laughs> thank you very, very much for coming on. Oh, thank, hey, you thank you so, so much. much. It's great talking to you. Yeah, this, this has been um, just absolute nonsense. <laughs> I love it. But you know, it's all right. There's other more serious podcasts out there. <laughs> I mean, do you know? Did you design the did you design the the balance in mind between playing a three player game and a four player game? Um, did you have a spreadsheet to do that? And can we share it with the audience? Do that? Um, you know that kind of thing. Did you use red in the highlighter in the Excel spreadsheet? Um, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but what we'll do is it's all always the links, about color coding, you know. It is. Do you have do you have lilac on it? <laughs> you do oh my goodness you certainly do right i knew that um if we'll make sure that we put the links in the show notes so we've got notes <laughs> notes to show <laughs> i'm coughing here because i'm on fire um if you want to keep an eye on what we are up to and uh thank you very much for everybody that does um 
no idea why you still follow us. Um, it must be, um, I don't know, no idea. Clueless, can't, no idea at all. Um, but if you want to continue to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at We're Not Wizards. You can follow us on Facebook at We're Not Wizards. You can come and like and like the page. Um, you can find us on YouTube at We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast. And all of the episodes that we post automatically go on to YouTube because of our lovely podcast host, Podbean. If you want to see some words, because we started to write some stuff, um, then you can um, you can read about us at we'renotwizards.blogspot.com. Um, one of the articles that we've uh, recently got is one about a preview of Darwin's Choice. And congratulations Ooh. to Mark and the team because... They funded within their first day as well. So very, very good news for them too. Um, you can find us in all the normal podcast catchy places. So you've got your Spreakers and Stitchers and Acasts and Podknifes and Player FMs and Spotify as well. You can find us on Spotify if you're that way kind of inclined. Um, that would be fantastic. If you like us a lot, jump on the Apple Podcasts and drop us a subscription. If you like us even more than that, I don't understand why you do, but um, drop us a rating or a review. If you are going to give us a rating or a review, don't give us 10 stars. I'm sick of telling you, stop giving us 10 stars, but don't give us one star, because that <laughs> makes us cry. So go go for something in the middle that's like average, like a five, because that's in the middle and it's average, and we are decidedly average. <laughs> but... The people who have not been average today. You've got Gwen, you've got Sam, you've got a big raging fire of Kickstarter in the middle of it, and it's all fantastic and wonderful. Um, but again, thank you very, very much for coming on. Hey, thank you. Hey, thank you so much. And there's only two more things to do. The first thing is, as always, is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. <laughs> are we wizards? Sam and Gwen. Um, um, well, I, I'm not. How about you, Gwen? What's your status? Not a wizard. Not a wizard. Fantastic. <laughs> and the second thing is to say goodbye. So it is a goodbye from the wonderful, the fantastic, the amazing, the deservedly successful Gwen and Sam from Runaway Parade. Say goodbye, folks. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye, guys. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes and um, oh, little you, little orange, little flamey things, 40 bucks. Come on, buy it for that, you know. And then you can make your own little stop motion kind of words and stuff, and then throw it at people as they're playing photosynthesis in other games. <laughs> be fun. Um, but until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>